ACCA, the world's most forward-thinking professional accountancy body. The biggest thing that happens if you fail in something is that you immediately feel like you don't belong or you're not good enough. And then there's the burden of perceived shame. Often when things go wrong, it's a cue for many of us to start berating ourselves. We use the failure as evidence that we're not good enough. If this is you, then I'm asking you to stop. Sometimes the biggest lessons come from our failures. I encourage you to take a moment to think about how you'd support a friend through this very setback you're going through. Failure can feel even more painful in the spotlight of another's perfection. But nobody's lives are perfect. Everyone experiences setbacks. Everyone fails. Everyone has bad things happen to them at some point. An example of this which really inspired me was the writer J.K. Rowling, famously rejected by 12 publishers before finding a home for Harry Potter. What if she'd given up after rejection number one, or maybe even 11? Everyone fails, but successful people are the ones who pick themselves up again and carry on. In today's session, we engage with some of our industry-leading tutors and qualified students who through their experience and wisdom are here to inspire you with insights designed to help cope with exam failure so you can keep plodding on with your qualification journey and achieving your career progression goals. Introducing our speakers today, we have David Thomason, Managing Director at Phoenix Financial Training, Nikhil Vachani, Senior Lecturer at Phoenix Financial Training, and Baba Jide Fatinikun, ACCA student at Phoenix Financial Training. Welcome everyone to ACCA Me Talks Student Focus with me, Tahir Kapasi, Regional Education Manager here at ACCA Middle East. So Nikhil, my first question to you would be, in your teaching experience over the years, what has been the main observation about students who are dealing with exam failure? Do you find these students come up to you and discuss how they are feeling? Or they would rather you know, keep it to themselves and dwell in that state of misery? Thank you, Dahir, for that. To answer your question very categorically, students do not deal with that. They do not approach their tutors. Uh, it's out of, uh, they feel embarrassed, they feel ashamed whether it be from their employers, from their, their family, their peers. And that is a fundamental challenge that the students do not address this. And the purpose of these podcasts and support that we try to do is, is to change that mindset of students and telling them it's nothing to be embarrassed and ashamed about. It's okay to fail. And so much so it's... Uh, very ironical that I was reading a book recently, which the book's title is Celebrating Failure. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's a, it's a great thing to keep failing exams, but it's about using that and not getting bogged down by those, by those setbacks. And that's what I would rather call it. Rather than even failing, I think it was a setback for students. Speaking on the same lines, you know, with, uh, with exam failure, often we find that students go into, you know, a sort of self-doubting phase where they begin challenging their capabilities and also to a certain extent start losing the will to proceed. In these situations, what would be the ideal step for students? You know, what can they do 
that could help them sway away from a, a destructing mindset. Absolutely, Tahir. I think the first thing I would like to highlight is and a fail is not equal to a failure. You know, that is something the students should try to think in their head. I, I equate it to, you know, I, I love sports. I follow different kinds of sports, tennis, football, cricket. And one of the themes that I learned why I love sports so much is because people lose, people fail, they, they don't do the best all the times, but doesn't mean they stop pursuing what they love, right? They try to go back. They like to train, say what we should be get, get better at, whether it's our skill set, whether it's our timing, whether it's our stress levels. And I love to equate the same thing with our ACCA journey for our students. Why should we not? Why should we not talk about it openly and address it? In terms of uh, what they should and what they what what the approach should be is, I feel the student needs to really self-analyze and, like I said, not get stressed, but think about where did they go wrong from the 13, 14 years of teaching experience. It comes down to four or five things. The first bit is that they should ask themselves if they if they scored in a 20% or whatever it is. Is my knowledge lacking, which is usually the case? So it's OK if my knowledge is lacking for whatever reason. No, let's go back and study the, the content. If it is, the knowledge is fine. But if it's uh, they struggle with some of my students struggle with, they say, Nikhil, I didn't complete the exam. So fine. That means time management was a problem. So when you practice at home, practice with time management. The third, the third and usual element which I see people still finish the exam. They still know their knowledge. But why are they failing? Then are they have they not practiced enough exam questions? Go back and do some revision questions, do some practice scenarios, go through those uh, case studies that ACC has provided multiple resources now. And the fourth bit I would like to put into, like I started with knowledge, time management, not enough exam question. It, it boils down to usually these three, but there are many a times in my last 13 years of experience, students come back to me and say, Nikhil, time was not a problem. I've done the knowledge. I've done these 30, 40 questions you told me. I'm still not passing. It then comes down to are they stressing in the exam? Are they managing their mental health? And mental health is something which is very, very critical from a person giving an exam. So is it about working on whether it be breathing techniques, relaxing themselves, taking up a hobby? All of these things, if you ask me, if and invariably over my years when people have done that, they have come back and tried to address one of these aspects or a couple of these aspects. They have been successful, but it's about self-analyzing, seeing where you're going wrong and addressing those aspects. I think some very valid points is often about reflecting, um, you know, around your performance and reflecting typically the steps that you've taken in terms of, you know, your exam techniques, your exam preparations and, and figuring out rather than, you know, going into that phase of shifting blames and dwelling into that, you know, uh, whole factor. So thanks so much. Thinking about how we as tutors and peers, etc., support students who are going through this, you know, rough patch. How can we how can we begin normalizing conversations around failure? How can we make it, you know, be something that we all can communicate, bring to light, and be able to address and connect without worrying about the, you know, societal norms or perceptions around failure? I think that's a that is a big big challenge. I'll be lying here if I say no. You know everything is great. We are all, uh, uh, you know, we celebrate failure. If you might say we don't, and that is the fundamental problem. Is um, uh, one of the things that we are trying to address, and this is I'm very happy and to be part of this podcast that we are starting to at least address it to talk about it. For anybody listening, I would even say this message to our students, parents, and their families. There's a 
perception, especially I come from an Asian community where if you fail an exam, that's it. That's it's like the end of the world and you're looked down upon. But it shouldn't be the case. It's about even telling and educating your family, your parents or whoever is supporting you financially. These are not school exams. This is not you're doing a school exam and oh my God, you didn't put in your effort. People put in a lot of effort. They still might get a 40% or a 30%. So it's about speaking, addressing, communicating with those people who are supporting you. And like I said, I one of the things that I uh, we all do here at Phoenix is we speak to the parents. Tell them it's okay if your son or daughter didn't pass in the first go. Please support them. Don't come down harsh on them. Secondly, is like I said, even and big, which is the biggest challenge, students feel very, you know, when the exam results come out, what you see on all social media platforms, they put in their certificates, 20 people are commenting. I think, and it might be a very, uh, uh, what we say, difficult bit to do, but, uh, you know, and courageous thing, maybe I'm from my point to say, but it's also about, I've seen started people putting up, even if they didn't pass, putting it up there saying, we got a 45, we tried very hard, and people commenting on it, that it's okay, you did well, at least you made an effort. There are other hundreds and thousands of people who didn't even make that effort. At least you got that 45. So it's about even talking and addressing about it through all of us, all the people who are engaged as tuition providers, as employers, not coming hard on people who have not passed the exam in the first go. And one of the things we do, Tahir, actually, which I feel very proud of, uh, at Phoenix, which I've been part of 15 years, is people who fail. We don't term it, oh, you failed, that's it. We treat them differently. On the contrary, we we support them. We go out of a way to say where you went wrong. We welcome them back into our classes, not make them feel uncomfortable about it. And that's something even from a teaching community we must do as teachers as well. I would tell everybody that uh, we don't, we try to look down upon people who are not doing well. We only pick on people in class who are, who slightly are not, performing well. That is something we should also start avoiding and start saying it's okay to have people in class who have not done well. And the, the most satisfaction, Tahir, if you ask me, I get is uh, yes, to help people, yes, to get prize winners, but to take people who who think they couldn't have done it, who had a 30% in the first go or 25% and making them believe they can do it and getting them over the line. And I have seen numerous number of cases with students who failed in exams. They didn't give up. Now, today, after 14, 15 years, they are finance directors, CEOs, CFOs of successful companies. And just to tell everybody out there, doesn't mean if you fail an exam that you will be a failure. Absolutely, Nikhil. And thanks for the valid points. I mean, it's all about nurturing that mindset. And like you said, very rightly pointed out, it's the mindset that needs to change. And it's absolutely okay for people to fail, you know, and that's what we need to get out there with confidently if if i failed yes but i want to go ahead and i want to reflect on where i went wrong so very very valid points um coming back to our acca students and 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 speaking mainly about the acca exams again drawing from years worth of your um you know crucial experience what do you think are the main components of exam preparations that students generally miss out on um, resulting to a failure most times. And and again, being a tutor, what steps would you advise students should take in the first instance to sort of avoid these? Uh, so there are two parts of this, Tahir. I, I focused on a little bit on it in, in the second question, but just to summarize it, I would say when it comes to the ACCA focus bit, I put it down to, from my experience, number one fundamental is the knowledge. 
many people even they 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 say oh let me just do few exam question but i'm saying if you don't know the knowledge you will always be struggling with it so first things first you must know the knowledge especially now in the acc exams i've been training for 13 years the exams have become more challenging the examiners want you to have a breadth of knowledge as well with the exams becoming objective type for at least the basic level it doesn't mean it's become easier it means you need to know more stuff so number 1 i would say is you must know your knowledge whatever sources you get them from yes a tuition provider helps you get that in a much more quicker and easier manner number 2 i would put it down to is exam practice many a times people have a great amount of knowledge but they do not practice enough exam questions and this comes down to the fact that they don't want them to be themselves to be uncomfortable it's like saying right you don't you when you go if you think about from a gym point of view you don't want to go through those burpees or those abs but it is important to make you feel uncomfortable for your muscles to do the job similarly you got to put yourself in that uncomfortable position make you feel uncomfortable oh i don't know everything i am finding it stressful but if you practice like that which many students i see do not practice they don't want to feel uncomfortable they want to always be in the comfort zone so number 2 is doing a lot of revision questions and third thing i would i would put it down to is yes time management but more so managing their mental health so i i always advise people when they sometimes ask me tahir you know we had a long 3 days 4 days revision they said can you tell me what do i what do i do when i go back home after a 6 hour class i said my honest advice is go for a run go go for a swim do something you enjoy go meet your friends they like no 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 i'm asking you what do i have to go home and study i said you study for 6 hours today your brain is overworked you need to look after your mental space because it's not about saying it for the sake of it it's because when they are mentally uh, you know switched on they are they are looking after themselves and next day they come back and do even better so i said i would put it down to those aspects knowledge revision questions managing mental health even big more so now in these in these covid times which has become a big big challenge and and the fundamental aspect of that was be making being comfortable being uncomfortable if you know what i mean you know pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone and i think you've picked up on a very very valid point there it's all it all comes down to finding that right balance and and above all i think mental health is the key thing you know for a lot of uh, our accs students and we as an organization have been truly focused on ensuring you know our students are able to really maintain that balance well particularly around their mental health i'd like to bring in baba jide now and um, hello baba jide thank you for joining us today and for being vocal about your experience through failing your exam and i think that's a very very brave thing to do So what was going through your mind when you were faced with failure of your exam and how did you decide to turn that around and bounce back Thank you Teha thank you for having me on the podcast Uh I would like to start with uh with a quote that I saw sometimes in a book from Sir Richard Branson The book says the book title is Business Stripped Bare He said the ones that didn't venture never failed So what what that says is that for you to even give it a shot for you to have for you to be that bold to give it a shot you need to give yourself thumbs up because some people did not even venture so so that's that's my first mindset with failure and if i have to say it 
if you have undertaken a task, a project or an exam, firstly, you need to ensure that you have the right tools to execute the task. That's, that's, that is the first thing that I always think about. And also, when you have the right tools, ensure that you give it the full commitment. Now, in the ACCA exam context, for me, is do you have the right tuition provider? That's also a very critical question. I am privileged to have been with Phoenix in Dubai, Phoenix uh, Financial Training, which, by the way, it's an open secret that they have world-class tutors. So I think I've chosen the right, I've made the right decision. I'm not trying to downplay self-study and uh, focus just on tuition providers. But I just think the best option, when you start to approach your professional level papers, you need to start thinking about tuition because we know that beyond the knowledge of the technical accounting skills that ACCA has to offer, it also helps you to develop the organizational and strategic management skills that would add value to you in your workplace or any business terrain you, you are engaged today. And for me, to gain that sound financial training, I believe it's best delivered by experts, which you will get from the tutors. So first thing, make sure you're focused in class when you're doing your tuition. Ensure that you face your interim test and your mock exams like facing the real exam situations. Take feedback from your tutors and make corrections. If you have prepared in this manner, you've given it everything, full commitment. In the event of a failure, this will help you to develop that mental fitness. The mental fitness that would give you the assurance that, oh, this failure is just a feedback. It's not a setback because you know you gave it everything. And when you, when you have that mindset that it's a feedback, then you have three options. The first option is usually the negative option, which I will not advise anyone to take, you give up. When you give up, that is when you have failed. You don't ever give up. The second option is you come and undertake the exam with the same approach. If you do that, then you're doing the same thing, the same way you obviously would not arrive at any other outcome, but the same outcome. The third option is usually my approach. Take the feedback, learn from the failure, change and adapt your approach. And when you do that, you will definitely get a different outcome. And I'll give you a live experience. Uh, in June, when I did XBR, I was privileged to be in class with Nikhil. And uh, I gave it everything. I was in class all the time, full commitment, interim test, always back to the, I asked the most questions. I sent him voice notes. I ended up scoring 48. So, what did I do? I, I, I called the tutor the first day I got my results. And I told him, first thing, I appreciate the knowledge you have impacted because I know this exam failure is a feedback. This is not knowledge issue. I would go back and ensure I do the right thing the next time. So what did I do? I went to class again, but this time, every day I started with question practice. Question, practice, question, practice. Because for 48, my, my, my self-appraisal was that, hey, I think I have the knowledge, but I need to find a different way of applying during exam situations. The applications of the knowledge was now very critical. And the only way I think students can gain that is practice, 
practice and practice. Practice, get feedback from your tutors, whatever you're doing wrong, tune it up. Go to the ACCA website as well. Do questions in exam conditions for good time management. That's very critical. Don't practice, practice, but also go to that. They have a lot of resources and tools that would help you. And that was all I did. And I went back to revision class as well. And I wasn't really surprised when the SBR exam came. And I had a 56, better than 48. That, that was a different outcome for me. I was because I had to adapt my approach. So, so in a nutshell, I would say, first thing, mindset. Failure is not a setback, it's a feedback. Take it boldly, come back to the table, adjust, amend, and give it full commitment like the last time. Even double your commitment if you have to. And you always arrive at a different outcome. That, that's my feedback. Thank you. Some very useful key takeaways from our, for our students you know, that are probably experiencing some sort of setback. And I like that point around you know, treating failure as feedback. That's, that's very, very crucial. But again, what you said uh, around expecting to receive a different result with the same approach is something that again sets everybody up on that same pathway to to failure so yes very rightly said you know reflect upon your experience and see how you can turn things around you cannot expect to get the same outcome um, a different outcome if you if you've had if you haven't altered your approach basically so so thank you very much uh, for these valuable points I'd like to bring in David now, please. David, obviously you've been in this um, industry for a number of years and uh, really wanted to draw on your experience. We recently results have been announced for the December ACCA exams. In your view, what are the crucial pieces of advice that you would like to offer to students that have unfortunately not been successful at passing their, their recent exams? Any essential steps when thinking of recovering from failure um thank you taya this is it, it feels a little bit like you know when you you're in a meeting and uh, you're going around the table and asking people for really good ideas and suggestions and it comes to you at the end and everybody else has given your 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 best answers already but i'll i'll, I'll try to, i'll try to be uh, original and uh, and contribute something uh, extra here so um at the end of the day i think when you you talk about what they need to do at that point it is very very difficult and i think the, the key thing for me is just to, to say to people just ask for help just seek help i mean speaking from our point of view at, at phoenix you know we are professionals we do this for a living and we see lots and lots of successful students that pass exams and go on to affiliate status and but we also see lots and lots of people as Baba Gide was saying there that, you know, we'll come in with a 48 or a 46 or, or, or lower than that. And we're used to that scenario. And we have all sorts of constructive ideas and suggestions, both you know in detail, but also just psychological support and help. I think for students, when they have failed like that, it's very, very easy to, to, to just swirl around in their own head. And as we've said in earlier parts of this, they, they then see themselves as a failure and, and, and as Nicole said earlier the, the the sort of family and work context isn't always helpful in that regard um much as people might try and help and i think from our point of view as a, as a provider you know we can help to talk 
talk with someone and say, okay, let's have a look at what, what happened. Let's see what your, you feel your mistakes were. Did you do this? Did you do that? Make some suggestions and try to get, get people back on track. And, and um, obviously we, you know, we, we run courses for a profit, but you know, from our point of view, I think like most providers, you phone us up and say, I've had a really bad experience. This is where I'm at. Um, have you got any suggestions? Can you help me? You know, the answer from our point of view is always yes. And if you join a course later on, then that's great. But, you know, there is a lot of help there. And for us, we're the professional people that have seen this for years and years and years and years. You know, Nicole, as, as, as a senior tutor for us, he's, he's seen, yes, lots of people have passed exams, but lots of people that have failed exams as well. So, you know, just, just seek that help, be open and get that support, I think, yeah. Again, just sort of drawing on from your uh, experience. Often we find this when speaking to a lot of the students that have failed, we find that there is a certain level of blame shifting and, and naturally that this is due to the lack of acceptance of responsibility. And I think in the end raises that bar on frustration further among students. Do you think that change in mindset or even taking responsibility for one's own failures will help ease that pressure of students? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that is yes. And I was just trying to think about sort of examples and what I could say with, you know, in, in this area. And I think it's important to understand that, that you know, passing ACCA exams and becoming an affiliate is a learning process, just like anything else you do in life. You know, you, you don't you don't get on, on a bike when you're a kid and expect, oh, you'll just ride away and what have you. You know, most people including myself, fall off and you fall off re repeatedly. And, you know, you don't sort of say, oh, I will give up. I've hurt my knee. You get back on, you try again, you try again. And then eventually you can ride a bike and all that failure bit is then forgotten. And um, I mean, I, I know I'm not being biased towards sport here. I'm not just going to talk about sport, but it just I think it's a, it's a sort of touch point that everybody can can see now with our connected world and what have you. I mean, I'm from um, I'm from Manchester in the UK. I, uh, I've been in the UAE now for 16 years, but I was I was born and raised in Manchester. And you know, I was when I was I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the you know these these two teams, Manchester United and Manchester City. If it means anything to anybody here, I'm actually a Bolton Wanderers fan, so I don't support either of those. So I'm completely completely impartial. But if I go back 15, 20 years, as I can do because I'm I'm an older guy now, you know. Um, Manchester United, 15, 20 years ago, under under Alex Ferguson, were they just won everything, nearly every game. They they were almost unbeatable, and everybody's, most people anyway, ever heard about the you know the the, the Beckhams and the Skulls and all these wonderful players they had at that time. And Manchester City were were, were awful. They were dire. Yeah, they they didn't lose every game, but they were a bit of a, you know, a joke is too strong a word, but they weren't in the same level. But Manchester City didn't sort of say, oh, well, there's no point in playing football now. Let's give up. Let's let's leave the league. And what what you've seen them do, they they got Guardiola, didn't they? And then they've bought wonderful players. And now things have reversed. And Manchester City now, the, teams, the, the team that wins everything. And Manchester United really, really struggling. And again, if you think about it, does that mean Manchester United say, oh, we won't bother now. Let's just wind the club up and forget about it because we keep losing. No, they learn from what they're doing wrong. And try to improve it, and try to try to correct those things so they can get back to those heights again. And even Manchester City, I mean, they don't lose many games, but when they lose a game, they don't say, "Oh, it's all over now. That's it. But we've lost." They say, "What did we do wrong? What can we do differently? How can we talk between us? How can we, to come back to your point, uh, 
take responsibility for the fact that we're lost and figure out what we have to do to, to, to it is life is a learning process and ACCA is just the same and you need to just just grab it take responsibility and say right I'm going to change this and I'm going to get it right next time absolutely David thanks a lot and, and indeed taking responsibility does to a lot of extent change your entire mindset around how you approach that setback and and finally regardless of all the hurdles you know keeping on track and moving on I think is the key and this is what we've been hearing from all of our speakers today how can we signify the importance of progression especially to somebody who's coping with failure and as a matter of fact anyone who is on this journey of progressing through to their qualification what is that key thing that you know students can stick to and keep motivating themselves constantly? Yeah, I, th I think for me, um, it's just a, a single-minded focus on being qualified. Now that, that, that is the key point. I mean, I was I worked as an accountant in industry for, for, for 20 years. I've been in this business now in the UK and here for, gosh, 25 years plus. Now, you know, you can add that up. I was 65 next last birthday. So, you know, that's been a long time now. And throughout that career both in business and in 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 training i've seen thousands of of part qualified accountants who've got part way through and then they've stopped and and there's all sorts of valid reasons for that quite often there's all sorts of family pressures financial pressures what have you but not not i'm not speaking out of turn here but you know the world is full of part qualified accountants there's lots and lots of them and all i can say to you from my experience over years and years is that whether you're 25 30 35 if you get into a conversation with an employer about a new job or a promotion or a progression whatever it might be or somebody that just doesn't know you they don't say what mark did you get in sbr they don't say did you fail a paper they ask you one simple question are you qualified? And when you say yes, the conversation doesn't go. They just say brilliant because they know that being qualified is it's, it's, it's a mark of your success, your ability. It's, it's a quality guarantee for them. And that's the only question they ask you. And if you have to do a paper three times, it's absolutely fine. What's not fine is doing a paper three times and then saying, I'm going to give up now because you, you then become one of these many people that have not finished the journey. When the employer asks you, they don't ask you, why did you give up? They just say, are you qualified or not? And it's just having that, that single-minded focus. I'm going to be qualified. I'm going to get to the end. And it is, it is honestly, you know, from my point of view, you know, nearly 50 years in, in accountancy now, that's the one key thing that I think you just have to have in your mind all the time just be qualified thank you david and a very valid point one which i can very much resonate to we never get asked about how many times we failed an exam or what marks we scored on a specific exam it's all about being qualified and i think that's what we're trying to emphasize on the value of progressing to acca membership the value of the acca qualification i think that in itself should be the driving force for anybody who's faced with setbacks so a very interesting set of discussions today. And I think it's fair to say in, in summary that in our perfection obsessed results driven society, it can all be easy to want to hide away in shame when things go wrong. 
or even worse, pretend like everything is wonderful. We post Facebook updates with dotted smiley emoticons, while inside we're really sobbing and sad. And of course, all that does is perpetuate the myth to others that no one ever failed. We're not alone in our failures, and I think we owe it to each other to be more honest about the fact. Let's celebrate our imperfections, and let's keep on daring to dream, safe in the knowledge that really there is no such thing as failing, but only feedback and learning as we've been listening today. I hope today's session has in some way helped anyone who's recently not achieved their results they wanted. Remember to be kind to yourself, and remember, that the education team and our team of professional learning partners are always here to support you. Thank you to our speakers today and ACCA MeTalks production team. Until next time, keep safe. This podcast was brought to you by ACCA. Find out how we think ahead at accaglobal.com.